My Mac Podcast number 267. It's Listener Invite this week with Marion Minerick. Enjoy. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And this is the 267th weekly edition of the MyMac.com podcast. I am Tim Robertson, the host, and I've got two co-hosts with me this week, David and Guy. Hey, David. Hello. How's things in the Cohen household this week? They're not too bad. It's crazy as ever. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, holiday season is starting to get in full swing here in the States, and it's starting to get a little crazy already. Guy Sherrill, you're here in the States. You, you've probably already seen the holiday decorations up and about yep they're they're starting to hit it and i've uh i actually have my my mother-in-law and the sister-in-law in the house as we speak just Ooh. showed up today uh, so are they there for the holidays or is it just kind of a? well my mother-in-law is uh my sister-in-law lives down in fort lauderdale my old stomping grounds and she'll be going back before thanksgiving so that she can spend it with her family so this podcast obviously is coming out um on Thanksgiving, <laughs> so most of you are going to be listening to this, I would imagine, on Black Friday, driving to and from the different stores, trying to get the best deals. I can guarantee you, I will not be on the road with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you, you, don't people do, are, you don't do Black Friday? Those people are crazy, David. Yeah, uh, I've never people, had the pleasure because we don't have it here. It, it, people actually died last year. Well, they die every year, technically, but yeah. it, it, it gets insane. You the, you know, I'm a believer in capitalism, but to a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not worth being rude and nasty and vile and disgusting to save $20. Yeah, there's much better reasons to be rude and nasty and disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Well, and this this is what interests me because we don't because we don't have Thanksgiving in in the UK. Obviously, we don't have Black Friday, but what we do have a tradition of the the day after Christmas yeah, Day, Boxing, Boxing Day, which is Boxing Day here. Um, that's normally the the day of the year when if you're going to get the crazy sales, that's when that's when you get them. And we don't do sales like you do in the states. But um, you do. I would get... hope because you're more sophisticated than. Well, people are yeah, crazy no. in the United States. I'm let's sorry. go. Let's they're, go with that. Crazy. It's like, yeah, let's let's not get too much into that. But the thing is, what what I've always found is that you know the the really crazy deals, the ones that where the guys you know sleep overnight on the on the sidewalk to to try and get in the door. Those, you know, they they they're kind of like lost leaders and and not really available to most people. And in fact, you go shopping Boxing Day, the sales aren't really worth the rush and the, the madness and all of that. Is Black Friday like that, or are there really good deals to be had? No, there are really good deals to be had. Yeah. Really, really good deals. But it, still, it, to me, it gets to the point that I don't care how good a deal it is. I don't even care if it's free. If I have to put up with that kind of crap, with super long lines, people literally shoving you out of the way, running through aisles... Uh, traffic patterns that you're sitting at a stoplight for 20 minutes. It's just, it's not worth it to me. No, it's just not. No. But happy Thanksgiving just... to all of our American listeners. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Go out and spend money tomorrow. Just don't expect it's to see us doing so, it. So this episode of the MyMac Podcast is another one of our listener invites, but this is more of an international flavor again. And uh, we've got a listener invite, Marion Minnick. See, I knew I was going to screw it up. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead and say it, Marion, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher Minerick. it to death. Okay, hi. It's Marion Minerick. <laughs> Minerick. Yeah. I, I see. I I just can't say it. So, <laughs> welcome to the show, Marion. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. So you are in um, Slovakia. Sure. Slovakia. So what's it like there? Do you guys have any? Uh, do you have crazy people there like we have here? Because it, here in the United States, people are just insane. They're just not right in the head. Oh yeah, of course we have crazy people, <laughs> like everywhere. Yeah, I think that's kind of a universal thing, isn't it? I think that's more yeah. mankind than any nationality. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. So is uh, Apple products, Macintosh users, is that pretty big in your area? Um, I hope it's going to be bigger. <laughs> it's getting bigger. Yeah, but... Um, it's it's um, slowly gaining attention, I guess. So, how did you fall into you becoming a Mac user? What's, what's your history with the Apple products? Okay, um, well, it basically began with me being just um, fed up with Windows, like many other people who switched to Macs, and uh, I was considering it for uh, I don't know for a few months, I suppose. But that was that was before they switched to Intel processors. Ah, so you started and in the PowerPC days? No, actually, I, I waited till they switched because uh, I just I just knew I will have to use some, some Windows apps, and I do almost every day still, but I run it through um, VMware Fusion or something like that. Oh, so you're using virtualization. You're not you're not doing the reboot into Windows. No, no. I I used to have a bootcamp partition as well, but just recently I I wiped it and I just installed a fresh fresh virtual machine. Yeah. It's, it's, are, are you are you using Fusion or is there another program that that you use to do that? Uh, I use Fusion. Yeah. yeah, I like it more than, than the parallels. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, a personal preference everyone has. Some people are parallel. Some yeah. I I don't really have a preference myself. Actually, I kind of do. I like rebooting the machine in as a PC in boot camp yeah, because well, I'm going to get it's so much better. It, it's so much better, and I don't know. It just. It feels wrong when I'm using a Windows machine, and I can see the Mac OS desktop, too. It's just, I feel dirty. It's interesting you say that about the performance. Uh, I mean, VMware recently, a couple of weeks ago, updated to, to Fusion 3, and they really kicked the pants into the performance of the product. It, it's, not really, it's not really noticeably far behind a boot camp partition now, um, and, it, and it's got full Windows 7 support as well. I've been, been quite impressed with it. Hmm. I haven't tried it yet. Um I belong to a uh, network affiliate for advertising that I don't actually usually put any of their ads up. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why. Um, that's why you belong. That's why I belong. But they, one of their big advertisers, and we've run the ads for the network affiliate in the past, and that was for VM Fusion, and, and uh, they let me know all about the new version 4.0 and offered me a free copy, and I just said, eh, not right now. Uh, simply because, honestly, I just I can't get into using Windows, and 
everything I keep thinking, you know, it would be nice to have Windows to be able to do this or to be able to do that. I never end up doing those things. I don't buy any PC games, which is, I think for a lot of people, PC games is why they want to have a copy of Windows. Because, let's be honest, as great as the Mac is, all the good computer games come out way before the Mac versions on the Windows side. There's no comparison. Oh, yeah, there there is none. And I'll give you a prime example. Just last week, I get a copy of... What is it? Uh, Bioshock for the Mac. Um, that, from that's Fairway coming out on the Mac? Yeah, I've got it right here in my hand, actually. Oh, I did not know that. And I was kind of looking forward to playing it, to be honest. And, I, and I've got a powerful machine. I've got a 2.8 gigahertz iMac with 4 gigs of RAM, a good graphic card, 24-inch monitor, and the game looks like crap on my system. Uh, I, I'm getting a lot yeah. of pixelation and... I was playing this two years ago on the Xbox 360, and it looked twice as good. Yeah, but I, th- I think that, unfortunately, that's that's the um, limitations of the way these games are ported now. They're running in a in a kind of a crossover-style environment on the Mac. Is that Cedar? Yeah, and, um, and unfortunately, it doesn't... It doesn't do much for graphical performance or, or actual frames per second performance either. Yeah. Do you ever uh, play any games on your Mac, Marion? Um, no, not really. Um, I used to play some on Windows, but not on my Mac now. I think it's kind of a bummer that they don't just release them as often as they do for Windows. I got people asking me, are there Macs, are there, sorry, are there games for, for Macs and stuff like that. And yeah, there are, but not really much. And, yeah. I don't think Mac users generally are big gamers. Um, yeah. I think all you have to do is really go up to all the Mac news sites and you very rarely see Mac news games or Mac game news up there. Yeah, certainly not the type of games that are big nowadays, the first person shooters. I think there is a, there's a big tradition of the role playing games and the strategy type games. And of course, Blizzard's coming out with uh, StarCraft 3 and Diablo 3, and, and those will be native Macs, Mac releases at the same time as the PCs. So at least we've got that to look forward to. So I have a question for you, Marion. What is mm-hmm. iByte.sk? Um, that's actually my website, and it's an online store, as I do Apple reselling. So sure. you're, you're an Apple reseller now as well. Yeah. So not only did you you bite the apple bug, <laughs> you you went head first, feet first, however you want to say it. You you jumped in all the way, right into the deep end. That's right. That's right. So do, very... do, you, do you have a storefront as well, or is it just is this just online? Yeah, I do have a kind of store. It's um, uh, my father. He has a store where he sells like store equipment and stuff like that. And I have a my kind of um, Apple Apple store set up in one one part of the store, so um, it's not big, but it's uh, well it's something. Do you do just sales or do you do leasing as well? Uh, we just recently started doing doing leasing as well. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that Macs aren't huge over there yet. No, but there is interest. There is dangerous, but um, people are still a little bit um, hesitant. There, there is kind of a, I don't know where it, where it came from, 
well, came from probably magazine themselves, but um, people have kind of fixated in their in their minds that yeah. Macs are for graphics and um, do video stuff and stuff like that, and they're no good for anything else. So. Yeah. Well, is it is it is it a question of of the co the cost of the machines, or is it that Windows is just so ingrained? Um, probably a little bit of both. Now, with Windows yeah. Seven just coming out, was did that make a big splash there? Um, I don't think so. No, no. Nah. There are still a lot of people, probably like everywhere, on XP. And yeah. um, they just don't do the whole uh, reinstall thing, and um, everybody hates Beastlessing. It's interesting, actually, you say that. Um, I was reading some some stuff last week. Apparently, the uh, the take up of Windows Seven by XP users has been slower than Microsoft was expecting. Yeah, but it's really um, good for Vista users. <laughs> yeah. Well, that well, that's that's exactly it. I think I think that's the thing. People are on XP are happy on XP. People on Vista can't wait to get off it. Um, and that's where the bulk of the sales is coming from, people migrating from Vista. Part of that as well is you can't do a direct upgrade from XP, um, which is to me is kind of crazy. If you want to, if you want to bring people along, you've got to give them an upgrade path, really. Yeah, but, but that's uh, a 10-year-old piece of software, David. I mean, well, yeah, try, but... try to try, buy a brand-new Mac right now and then go back 10 years, which would be 1999, there was no fine. Mac OS 10. You'd have to come from Mac OS 9.2. Yeah, no. You used, when you say it's, it's a 10-year-old piece of software, that's that's when it was introduced. But actually, it was replaced with Vista um, not so long ago. Um, so that's actually your target for, uh, you know, that's, that's what, four years, three years? Um, I think it was like so, four years ago, yeah. So even even a four-year-old Mac would be running a version of OS X you could probably migrate your your applications over from if, if you're in that position. I, I you know, I'm... I'm not going to tell them how 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 they should do things, but I suspect um, you know there'll be a lot of people on XP for a long time, and that's going to hold their platform back because they're going to be supporting two environments rather than one. There was a uh, Microsoft manager last week. Oh yeah, who yeah. came right out and said that? Well, let me see if I could find that real quick. He was yeah he 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 um, he basically said, uh, well we we look to OS ten to copy. I think he actually used the word copy uh, to recreate the look and feel of OS X in Windows 7. And, and uh, I think about a day after he was, he, he said that on the record to a journalist as well. It was in a, a, a radio interview. Um, a day afterwards, Microsoft formally disavowed his comments and said it, it did not, he had not worked on the Windows 7 development team and it did not represent official Microsoft policy. Because yeah, I, I would. I would imagine that sort of stuff is kind of legally actionable. This is what he said exactly. <laughs> what we tried to do with Windows 7, whether it's traditional format or in touch format, is to create a Mac look and feel. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So did did you Google that under former Microsoft employee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, Simon Eldo. Eldos, Eldos. Ah, the 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 dead man. Right, yeah. got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Um, I can see wow. Bill Gates now. You are dead to me. Uh, Windows had something to say. I'm not going to follow you that broke link. My heart, you broke my heart. I, I, that's wow. That's something. When someone from Microsoft 
is saying, well, we try to copy uh, the, the Mac look and feel for Windows. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm a PC, but I wish I was a Mac. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, see, that's something that Hodgman and, and Long, I think, could do very, very well, and it would be so funny. Yeah. Now, do they show the uh, any kind of um, the Mac PC type of uh, ads in uh, in your country oh, I... at all? Um, no, not really. They're just online on the, the US websites where people can watch them, but um, there was just... I think one iPhone commercial when it launched here, iPhone 3G, actually, which was uh, two years ago. That was the only Apple commercial I ever seen on our, our TV channels. Is the iPhone pretty popular over there? I think it is. Yeah. You see, in, in Slovakia, there's a lot of iPhone. You see a lot of them using iPhones. I I do. Yeah, I think I, the iPhone is kind of. Everyone always wanted to talk about how much farther ahead, like Japan was, in the cell phone market than the United States. Um, it seemed, but they were always gimmicky little phones. It was you can use your phone yeah. as a credit card and, and stuff like that. That well, I mean, it, lots of lots of different options. But I mean, for the for a typical user, it, it's not that they don't want those things, but you have to make the interface in such a way that you can actually use them easily. Well, I think that and, the problem with the, the tradition with most of the former smartphones. Yes. And I think going farther beyond that is when you bought your phone, whatever's on it is what you have. Right. And very few people would buy anything extra for their phone outside of like a charging cable uh, for the car or a case, case. for it. Yeah. But the idea of spending a lot of money on apps for it, was pretty much a foreign concept. And I think that's really where Apple's strength is at this point, that there's so many things you can do with the iPhone that the fact that it's a cell phone itself is almost incidental. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was interesting. I was at a conference the other day, which was a, a, a data center conference. So obviously this is, this is people who are working in the, mostly Windows data center space, uh, big enterprise computing hardware. And there, there must have been about four or 500 people at this conference. And just in the in the coffee breaks, I just took a look around. And the iPhone penetration was at least 40%, 50%. Um, and this is under people who basically are working in Windows enterprise systems. So it, it kind of tells you really how, how the penetration is really starting to happen now. Let's uh, take a few seconds to thank our sponsors. Our first one, of course, is maxsales.com otherworld computing they've yep. got a lot of mac products that there's just so many things out there that's worth buying but one of the things that we talked about a lot on the show other than hard drives is ram you're yep. going to want to upgrade your ram whatever machine you have if you've got less than say two gigabytes of ram you can really do with some more ram in that machine trust me especially if you're going to run a program like Parallels, so you're going to run Windows and Mac at the same time. Or if you're a big hardcore gamer and you're going to pick up this new Bioshock from Feral Interactive that I was talking about earlier, more RAM is your best friend. RAM is probably the most important update you can do, upgrade to your computer that you can do. Yeah, and other, other World Computing now has all the RAM you could, you could possibly want to buy for all the new machines. That's right. If, if When Apple comes out with a new machine, within days, you can get 
uh, RAM. Yeah, or, the, the type of RAM that that machine is going to take. And, you and it's been tested. The world computer. Yeah. yeah, they test it so they know it works. It's, it's also the best value upgrade you can put into a Mac nowadays as well. When I mean, times gone past, RAM used to be, it was, you know, pound for pound, it was more expensive than gold. But nowadays it's so cheap, you can put, you know, many gigabytes of RAM in for not very much money at all. So if you are running short of RAM, it's, it's, some, it's normally pretty easy to do on most Macs, and it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah, if you've got, a, a, say, a two-year-old machine, you're starting to think, man, this thing's starting to run a little slower than I, I remember it running, and maybe it's time to get a new machine. Maybe not. Maybe if you just simply updated your RAM, put more RAM in it, you're going to see a big performance boost. So think about it. Uh, RAM is not expensive. It's almost simple to do on every single Apple Mac out there now. And if you can't figure out how to do it, guess what? Go up to MacSales.com and they have install videos for most of the all, all the laptops that are out there right now. Uh, the new iMacs are going to have install videos. So you sit there and watch them do it. Yep. And follow along and do it yourself. I did exactly that with an older MacBook Pro. Um, I had never installed RAM in it before, and I didn't want to screw it up. And so I just simply downloaded one of their installed videos, put it on my iPhone, and had the iPhone playing the video right along with me as I was installing the RAM. So actually, it was a hard drive, but same thing. Um, it's yeah, definitely actually, worth checking out. Yeah, actually, I got uh, I got the RAM from other computing as well. You got you got your RAM from other world. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, they are so from another world. International shipping obviously not a problem for them. Uh, it's not. Well, I think the shipping costs as much as the RAM itself. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You guys just talked about it a lot, so I just checked their website, and it was. It, I think it was still cheaper than some 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 brands you can get here. So uh, I said, why not? So it's a, it's a great idea for Mac users to update that RAM. So the other sponsor that we have is a new sponsor. Last week we did uh, our first ad, and they're going to advertise on the podcast for a good solid month, which we really appreciate. And if you like listening to this podcast and you, you like the fact that you don't have to pay for it, <laughs> please remember... Why. Please remember that it actually does cost money, and the person that it costs money is me. It comes right out of my pocket. Um, bandwidth is not cheap. When you produce as many podcasts as we do, we do the weekly MyMac podcast. We do an almost daily podcast with Sam Levin, and uh, we have the Geekiest Show Ever, which comes out every two weeks, which features David and, and Guy and myself. And please subscribe to that podcast if you haven't already. And we have the new My Phototech podcast. And yet another podcast is already in the works. And that one's about gardening, believe it or not. I know you're thinking, gardening? What's that got to do with Max? Nothing. has nothing to do with Max. Grow your own Max. Grow your own Max. That's what it's about. Um, it, all of this stuff costs money. And it costs me a lot of money. And to offset those costs, we have advertising. We have advertising on the MyMac.com website. And we have some advertising here in the podcast. We try to make it not too intrusive, but there are times that we need to stop recording, you know, the regular conversation and talk about our sponsors because they're paying the bills. That's Economics 101, by the way, David. I don't know if they have that there in the UK. We've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so are there, are there other sponsors? Smith Microsoftware. 
They are the makers, and they sell Stuff It Deluxe 2010. Stuff It has been around on the Mac since 1987. I've had it on every single Mac I've ever owned. Uh, when when I first bought my Mac, Stuff It was already out there. And I remember downloading an SIT file, and I couldn't figure out what to do with this thing because it was supposed to be a, 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 just a cheap little card game that I downloaded from AOL. And it took me a while to figure out that I needed to download this program called Stuff It and Stuff It Expander. And after that, that piece of software followed me on every single machine. So they have a brand new version. It's usually 80 bucks, but right now it's $49.99. You can download it, or for the same price, you can actually order a boxed copy. Uh, be honest, just go ahead and download it. It's only 70, it's less than 100 megabytes. Um, used to be a time, David, that 100 megabytes would be a huge download. Not so much anymore. No, no. Yeah, now, now you click on it and it's there. Now, one of the new uh, features in the Stuff It Deluxe 2010 is the ability to compress JPEGs. You're going to actually save 30% on the size of your JPEGs yeah, without they, any they, loss of quality. They've, yeah, they've got some special technology that um, you know can take a little bit more out of the... Uh, the JPEG picture format than most programs, and um, let's face it, if you know if you're sending a whole whole pile of, of pictures to your, your your family, you take some pictures of the kids and that sort of thing, um, then being able to compress them into a file, a self-extracting file that you can send send to them and won't overload their email program, and it can be a real problem attaching large emails and sending those out of the internet. That can you can often have problems at the far end. So being able to compress and securely send those is a, is a real advantage. And they have these new um, smart send services in, so you can um, effectively click on a set of files, email them, compress straight away, and also they, they will host them for you on a, on a, a server, kind of like a Dropbox uh, uh, duplicate. So you can effectively just send them up to the cloud and then send somebody a link to those, and they can download them. It's called so, SmartSend, um, and it takes the guesswork out of sending large files. You simply select the files you want to choose to send, uh, choose Stuff and Mail, and it automatically is updated to a secure Stuff It Connect website, and you just simply download those files from anywhere in the world. So if I'm going to send something to Marion, it's really easy to do, even if it's a large file. He just gets an email with a link, clicks the link, boom, he's downloading those files right now. Uh, yes, Forty nine ninety nine. Check them out. Uh, go up to mymac.com. We have a link to the software right there on the right hand side of the page. Can't miss it. And so a free trial as well. So don't don't yeah, forget that. If you, you don't have to spend the fifty bucks. You don't have to spend the fifty bucks. You can download it for free. Try it out. If it suits your fancy, fifty bucks, you're good to go. So let's get back to the podcast here uh, before we uh, run out of time because my wife will be walking in the door within forty minutes or so. But will she have a sandwich? No, I already ate. We had pizza before she went out tonight. Uh, no. um, hopefully, though, that, that won't be a problem in the future. I'm hoping to have uh, an office, and an actual studio where we record this podcast, Guy. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Would be, uh, well, we'd still have time constraints because, you know, you David, number one, it's the middle of the night there. What time is it as we're recording right now? What time is it in uh, uh, in the U.K., David? Here it's uh, it's twenty to one in the morning. And, and what is in Slovakia right now? Twenty to two. Jeez, you guys are just <laughs> see now. Now you guys listen to this. You're probably sitting in your car, uh, driving the same route that you take every day, 
and uh, it, maybe it's sunny, maybe it's raining, maybe it's warm, maybe it's cold. But here's two guys that's literally the middle of the night for them recording a podcast about Max. That is dedication. Why, that why that's I was I, I was going to use uh, insanity, but yeah, dedication will work too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't tell you guys a couple of weeks ago. Um, Friday morning, I, I went into work. I've got a client I'm working with regularly. And uh, I'd been sat there for about 25 minutes, something like that. It was about 9.30 in the morning. I said, I'm going to go down around to the store and get some coffee. Who wants one? And all three of them just turned and looked at me and said, you were podcasting last night, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're... Why is it podcasting? But once, once you have your office set up, Tim, you know, maybe we can change the day to like Saturday or something and make it a little more reasonable for like David and other people around the world. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Of course, then you, you, I have to leave on a Saturday and, you know, family stuff. Family oh. stuff. So there's a lot of happenings in the Mac world right now. Um, a lot of stuff, though, is even in November, starting to look towards December... We do have a big date coming up, and it's in February. It's the Macworld Expo. I'm still not sure what MyMac.com is going to be doing at the Expo. If you have a company and you're interested in sponsoring MyMac, we're limiting our sponsorship to only four companies this year. So if you're interested in getting in as one of those four sponsors, please let us know, Tim at MyMac.com. Um, we are supposed to, and uh, I'm going to bring this up because I'm... Uh, you know what, guy? We might as well start saying when we're going to be there and right. where. And Mac World It's uh, uh, like the second week of February, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's not what I was talking about. I was looking at this. Um, they have a main stage at, at the uh, expo every year. And there's always a lot of stuff that happens on the main stage, and it gets the most attention. And, and if you're on the main stage, everyone sees you. But this year... Uh, and Paul Kent invited us a couple, well, maybe a month and a half ago when he was on the podcast to come on the main stage at the Macworld Expo and podcast. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Wow. We're going to be on the main stage on Thursday, February 11th from 4.30 to 5.30. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. That, that's Very a good cool. time period, too. It is. The show is starting to wind down. People want to sit down and relax a little bit before they leave. And boom, we're going to be sitting there recording a podcast for them. Now, Marion, is the Mech World Expo anything you've been to, or is it something that you're interested in? Oh, I'm definitely interested, but I've never been there. It's kind of too far for me. Yeah, that that, that would be a trip, wouldn't it? Yeah. And it's also very expensive being in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, it, that's it's not an inexpensive place to visit yeah. and and spend a week but well it, it's unfortunate because there used to be mac world expos over in europe and then they're all gone now yeah there was one yeah. in paris and there was one in the uk there was yeah they've uh, kind of transformed into different events now unfortunately but i so guess that's just the way of the world now being in um slovakia do you see a need for stuff like a, a mac world expo is that something that it's more for the the westerners and it's the rest of the world just kind of shrugging their shoulders and like yeah whatever we'll just see whatever's going on online or is it something that you think that everybody worldwide should be able to 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 enjoy and it should kind of travel around um i think apple needs any kind of marketing here 
because there is zero, seriously zero activity when it comes to Apple and marketing. It's only what the resellers do, mainly because there is no Apple actually here. It's all just the resellers. So there is actually nobody who could probably pay for uh, for the booth uh, at, at uh, this computer expose that are here. But even these, I think there is maybe one or two left here in Czech Republic. So, so they're not even popular in the Czech Republic anymore either. Um, no, it's it's really dying. It's it's, worse. it's getting worse every year. Do you think that's because everyone's just getting literally up to date, minute to minute news and information online, or do you think people are just kind of becoming a little less social? Um, probably both of them. Uh, but I think I don't know. I personally, I really like Expos. I like going there just uh, to see everything on one roof all different companies and products and, and hardware, software, whatever. But um, I don't know why people lose interest, but probably mostly because of the internet. Yeah. I, I wonder if a virtual type of show would work where, <laughs> you know, it's a streaming thing and different companies come on and, you know, I don't know, but then yeah. again, isn't that what this podcast kind of is? I mean, we have yeah, that's, pretty much, that, yeah. It is, it is that. In fact, I got I got invited to a, a streaming conference uh, just this morning, um, and I thought this is the first one I've seen like that. I thought, well, I'll I'll give it a go because it'll save me the travel, and even if it's rubbish, I won't be paying for it. If you actually go to the show, I'll have to pay. So um, I figured, you know, spending a day just watching a streaming might be worth a go instead. So did you? Uh, well, uh, it's, oh, you it's, just had the invite today. Yeah, I just had the invite today. Well, let us know how it goes, because I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah. Um, for me, as the the publisher of MyMac.com, I get email all day long from companies letting me know about a, a new software product or an update or a, a new gizmo or a piece of hardware. I get a lot of email. And for the most part, I'll skim through it for just a second, and if nothing really catches my eye, I move on. And that's really not fair to these software vendors out there that they're not going to be able to convey in a brief email. And if it's a long email, I probably skip it all together, to be honest, um, to, to try to capture my attention and, and pique my interest and make me want to learn more about it. Whereas at an expo, there's nothing else to do, guy. I mean, yeah, we're literally well, walking around and we'll stop at a booth and they give us a demonstration. And that's much more effective as far as the company's concerned and us because it's stuff that we never would have learned about before. Well, sure. I mean, for an example, uh, I think it was two years ago I was walking around on the floor and I came across these little tiny speakers. And, you know, I didn't really think much about it. And then suddenly someone turned one on. And it was like, whoa, those are great speakers. And it was just a little tiny portable speaker from iFrogs. Now, I mean, just the name of the company alone. iFrogs it, it, wasn't a big name at the time. No, I mean, and, and a name like that is, I'm, as I'm, you know, because you've got a lot of distractions at a Mac World Expo. Yeah. So if I'm passing by a company I've never heard of before and it's iFrogs, you know, I mean, in the past I would have just kind of went, uh, okay, you know, nice name and kept going. But they had a product that really just reeled me in. And now it's like, ooh, what's coming out from iFrogs? You know, and so, you know, the expo is a way for companies 
not only to you know show off their their new and upcoming products to the the people, but to people like us who are are looking for that next thing. Yeah, and, and I, I, let's be honest, and I, I'm not saying this to to pat myself on the back or make myself seem more self important or anything. Sure, you are, but. But they're going to reach more people with one article on our website than there are the entire week from the general population walking through. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's why it's so important for websites like ours, publications like ours, shows like this to be at the expo so we can learn about these new products and we could share our impressions with, you know, the people that read the website, that listen to this podcast, because... They have even less of an opportunity, guy, to learn about new products like this, and exactly. that's the they, kind of service they, they, they that we have to provide. Us. Absolutely, they, and, and they I don't take that lightly. Bring it to them, I, and I don't take that lightly at all. Yeah, right. and you know, for for people that are interested in, in sponsoring us, you know, all you have to do is go back to the two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine expos, and just see the massive amounts of material that was posted online from mymac.com. And there were a lot of companies that most people had never heard of before and now are getting, like, front-page attention. Absolutely. It, it's, so, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just ask you, how do you feel about Apple bearing on Microsoft Expo? Well, you know, the thing about the, the, the only rather, reason that, that I was excited about Apple during the Macworld Expo was for the keynote. Right. Yep. And so you could be there when you see this brand new product for the first time. And it is different when you're sitting there in the audience. Um, I was there at the expo when they first showed Mac OS ten and it blew me away. It also scared the crap out of me because everything I knew about the Mac was going to be proven irrelevant really soon, and that scared me from a professional standpoint. Oh crap, I have to learn a brand new system. I'm starting to get a little older. Do I really have the blah 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 blah? Yeah, being um, 10 years older. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was sitting there when Steve Jobs showed the iPhone. And just a couple months ago, I actually rewatched that Expo guy where the iPhone was shown for yeah, the you, first time. Yeah, I think uh, all three of us were there, weren't we? Yeah, yes, absolutely. You were there too, weren't you, David? Not, not, no, not. I, no, you I were there the next to, year. I was there the next year, but I, we didn't get into the keynote that year. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did last year, though. He said with gritted teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, actually though, to, to be honest, David, that was probably the one that I didn't care if we saw or not, because everything that came out that year was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, it kind of that way this year as well with uh, the 17 inch laptop. And I mean, it was still a bunch of, and plus it wasn't even Steve jobs, but when you're actually sitting there, Marion and watching them unveil this to you, um, it really Mm -hmm. is a special feeling. But once that keynote is over and you've had, you know, an hour or so to absorb what Apple's just done, which they've just released. And and for us, we you know, we we usually do a podcast immediately after the, the keynote so we can get the information out. And we talk about it amongst ourselves. Just go back to, you know, the last few years, like Guy was saying, and listen to those podcasts because they're always called, you know, keynote. Um, you'll hear the excitement in our voice. But once that's over... And it's, you know, by noon, usually, we're on the showroom floor and we're looking at everything else. And we're there for an entire week at that point. And we never usually go back to the Apple booth. I mean, we've already seen it. We, we pass it by a number sure. of times. Well, yeah, I, we, know, I think it's kind of, I don't know, symbolic. You know, Microworld 
probably started me on it probably, but for sure because of Apple. So um, I don't know. You think other other vendors are going to quit? Uh, if, well, if it actually you know, some, some, some vendors, some vendors. You know, even last year when Apple made after Apple made that announcement, a lot of vendors, or not a lot, but some vendors said they weren't going to show up. But yeah, you know, they're they're that. they're missing they're missing an opportunity. And sure. they, I think really that at least for this one, just to see how it goes, that they should reconsider. I, I, I honestly think it's, it, it should go at least two more years. The, this next expo, which is still going to be in San Francisco, and I'm hoping that the following expo is not in San Francisco. It's somewhere much more manageable, a, a smaller venue. Um, Poughkeepsie. That would be fine with me. Boise, uh, Chicago, or just somewhere where it's not quite as expensive in the Bay Area, and it's more focused on um, Mac users, Mac users, as, and as compared to Mac products. Yes, exactly. And and I think that that would be well. No, I don't want to say that guy because there's if it's not Mac products that well, if you I'm don't sorry, have I the showroom have, I floor, said, I should have said Apple products. Apple products. If if you don't have the showroom floor and you in, to look at the new products and talk to the new to vendors and make relationships and find new products that you want to buy, um, if you don't have that, I don't think you have an expo. Um, I'm not sure now. Have they kind of switched to CES? Have they announced they're no. going to be at CES? No? no, Apple hasn't said they're going to be at CES, and I would be surprised okay. if they if they would. Apple doesn't need a trade show. They also right. don't need a big audience. For Steve Jobs to do his keynote, uh, all you have to do is look what Apple's really done with the music industry. They never make the announcements at Macworld Expo when it comes to iPods and stuff. They always have a special little event for one day, and they get all the press coverage. Yeah, and a lot of times they do that right from their own campus. And and they don't need to have the huge expense. Everybody comes to them, and it's still broadcast to the entire Internet, and they're not competing with a 1,000 other companies trying to get their new products talked about at the same time so i don't think that the expo helped apple at all apple can do all of that on their own but who it did help was the smaller vendors yeah exactly i mean um i think they defended it kind of by saying um they can serve more more people at their retail stores than at the micro expo but um there are no other vendors at the, at the retail store i mean there are some you know cases and stuff like that you can buy but uh, it's kind of missing the point yeah because the the, retail store and and the, and the apple stores don't carry even five percent of what's available to mac users out there yeah I well mean, they could exactly. last week for instance we had um uh, the developer for tweety and he has a mac product as well now just take that as an example they're not going to sell a boxed copy of that in the Apple store. So where are you going to learn about that online or um, more specifically at an expo type of an event where people are walking the showroom floor and they just discover it, especially the press. And then someone from the press from Macworld magazine sees it. He writes an article. Uh, David Cohen sees it. Uh, he mentions it on a podcast. You start getting four or five key people like that mentioning it. And all of a sudden he's got a lot more, eyeballs on his product than he would have if there's just a box copy sitting in an Apple store somewhere. Sure. So, I don't know. I, I think there's a, definitely a place for it, but my fear is um, it's not going to have a chance to 
expand from what it has been in the past. And I think too many companies are going to look at the fact that Apple's not there and go, well, there's no sense in us being there either. That's my fear. Yep. And, uh, and I hope you're wrong. I, I, I really do. But if I'm, uh, if I'm not, um, if I'm not wrong. Then we'll lie to our wives and go to San Francisco anyway. That's right. That's right. And, uh, we'll find oh, yeah, there's a Mac else. world this year. Wink, wink. You know, for, for the MyMac staff, we are literally spread out across the planet and from the UK to Australia to here in the United States, you know, we've got people all over the place and on the podcast, we literally have people all across this planet. Now you're here as a listener invite, which means you're a listener of the show. Um, I couldn't have imagined even six years ago to be able to talk to you and, and have this for lack of a better word, radio show on the internet. And then, you know, I'm talking to someone in the UK, I'm talking to you in uh, Slovakia, who I could never have predicted that. I think it's just amazing how, where That's we're at great. nowadays. But yet great. there's still a need for face-to-face because, let's be honest, when else am I going to, well, I just saw a guy a couple weeks ago, but when else am I going to be able to see David Cohen? I mean, I'm not going to the UK any soon. And he's not going to fly here to Michigan. <laughs> you know, we're nope. not going to have the MyMac yeah. reunion tour. That's just not going to happen. We'll just meet in Iceland. Yeah, yeah. maybe. That's yeah, kind of in the <laughs> middle. So anybody else got anything on the agenda for tonight before we wrap? Uh, I think we pretty much got it covered, unless you want to talk about uh, 1062 or anything like that. And, you know, it's old news I, now. I, I, as we're recording this podcast, I still haven't updated to 10.2, so I... You know, it's just an OS update. Um, I'm not oh, sure I'm just... if it's breaking anything yet, but I, I haven't tried it. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah I've already got it. I was oh, talking, sorry. I, I was talking yeah. to our guest, Guy Searle. Yes, I'll shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, um, I tried it, and I'm really glad they fixed this. Um, there was an issue with 13-inch um, MacBook Pros with their screens. They were kind of bluish after Snow Leopard. Bluish? They had a blue tint to it, huh? Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't and know was, anything about that. Yeah, it's um if you if you don't compare them you might not even notice, but if you see oh, you notice oh. it and um it was really I don't know why it took them so long, but they finally fixed it so I can finally sell them to people without feeling guilty that absolutely no blue screen. <laughs> is it supposed to be blue like that? Hmm. The PC isn't. Yeah. Uh, one of the issues that I've had under Snow Leopard is if I drag multiple files onto my Photoshop dock icon, it would only open up one of those files. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they fixed that. I, I've heard, and that is going to be a big reason for me to update because... That has been driving me crazy because right now, when I'm doing articles um, and editing and stuff like that for MyMac.com, I get a review in. And, for instance, say one from Mark Rudd. And there will be seven pictures that go into this article. Well, I need to open up each one of those. Um, Sometimes I need to color correct. Sometimes I have to resize, and then I'll save them out as a PNG file. My workflow has always been simply select all the graphic files, drag them to my photoshop doc icon they all pop up in photoshop and i do my work and most of it's pretty automated at this point i know what exactly what i need to do as soon as i look at a photo and that's kind of had to switch not now i have to 
go into Photoshop, do an open command, navigate to that folder, select the files that I want. It's just a big pain in the butt. It's not supposed to be that difficult. But what surprises me, David, I thought this would have been an, an Adobe CS4 problem. But yeah. if Apple is addressing it with an OS update, does that mean that then this was a, a flaw in the OS? Or is this something that Apple simply corrected for Adobe? Uh, I'd, I'd heard it it would happen with other types of file. I don't think it was specific to Adobe files. So um, I guess it was a bug in the finder. The finder's been rewritten, so it's not a surprise that in some ways that maybe there's a few bugs floating around. i, I got to say, under Snow Leopard, the finder is so much more responsive. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's night and day. It used to be that if I saved a file, um, half the time my desktop wouldn't update until I actually navigated to the desktop. And then, boom, things would move real quick. That's not the case anymore. I, I save something, and I'm seeing live updating on my desktop. And that was a problem with Mac OS X since the very beginning. So I'm glad that they're finally, they finally rewritten the Finder. It needed it badly. So before... Yeah, I, yep. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say that I also noticed some, some improvements, like um, emptying the trash. I think it's much faster now than it was on the uh, 10, 10.5. Hmm, I haven't noticed that, and, but um, I, you know what? Now that you say it, I think actually it has been. It is faster now, which is a minor thing when you think about it. But then again, I remember being a Mac user where if you were emptying the trash, you couldn't do anything else with your computer. Yeah. <laughs> or if you clicked a, an icon in the menu bar, the whole machine would come to a, a, a screeching halt until oh, you made yeah. your selection. I mean, that that's going back a ways. But that, that kind of tells you something. When when you're noticing that emptying the trash is faster, um, and, I've, and I've read online that you don't notice anything unless it's at least a 30% increase. Anything less than 30% we don't perceive as, as being any kind of benefit. So if you're saying it feels faster, then it's got to be at least 30% faster. I guess so. Hmm. Interesting. So are you on uh, um, Twitter, Marion? Um, yeah, but I don't actually use it that often. I don't know. Twitter is also one of those things that I don't know, hasn't really gone big here. Why do you think that so, is? Um... I don't know, maybe it just takes a while till people kind of realize it. And I still, I mean, I talk to young people all the time and a lot of them don't know what Twitter is, so not sure. So uh, I, really have, I really have a need for it. And I think most of them use a Facebook as sort of uh, instead of Twitter. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing that we've got these two kind of competing yeah. social media outlets and yet i don't know i'm on both of them and i use them kind of separately i mean i don't I, now obviously my twitter posts actually show up on my facebook page but mm -hmm. and that's via friend feed i can publish that way but i kind of treat them they're they're two different entities in my mind and and i post different things to each one so I don't know. That's, that's got to have to come some kind of a reconciliation in my mind because I can't keep posting something here and something different over there. Um, it's kind of weird how that works. Yeah, I, um, I tried to talk some people into 
using Twitter and um, they always react like um, I get Facebook. What do I need that for? You know? Yeah, and they go, and they, that's a good point. And it's a critical mass thing as well. You need to have a few people you know or want to follow using Twitter in order for for people to jump on, and then it becomes you know kind of self fulfilling from that point onwards. So I would imagine a place where not many people are using it, it's hard to to be an early adopter. I also kind of look at Facebook is where I meet people that I usually already know, and Twitter is a place that I meet and discover people I don't know. Or um, sometimes even want to know. Right, because on Facebook, because so many users protect their their status page that you can't see anything about them unless you're friends with them already. Um, and you could do yeah. that on, on Twitter as well, but most people don't do that on Twitter. Um, the whole point of Twitter is that people will find you and follow you, and you will find them and follow them. That's really not the point in Facebook. Facebook is, do you know this person? Yes, and you send them an invite, and you become friends, or that you're already friends. That's not really the case on Twitter. But I think that's kind of a um, a topic for another show, because we do need to wrap up. Uh, my wife will be here soon <laughs> with the very loud kids. And so I want to thank you for being on our listener invite, Marion. And uh, Thank you. You know, keep us uh, up to date. What's going on with uh, the Mac resale business? I'd love to share some information with our listeners out there. I know a lot of them probably are like, "Well, I didn't even know that there was a Mac resale in uh, Slovakia," and I'm very interested in learning more about it myself. If somebody out there would like to come on the podcast and participate as a listener invite, just drop us a line: feedback at mymac.com, and we will get you on the schedule. It's real simple to do. All you have to do is have a microphone. It could be the one built into your Mac. And wear a pair of headphones. That way we don't hear ourselves talking through your computer speakers. Simple as that. And uh, we talk via Skype. Pretty painless. We can have you on from anywhere in the world. I mean, today we've got Michigan, Virginia, the UK, and Slovakia. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty diverse. We just need someone from China and India, and we, we're, we've got the whole set right there. Yeah. So so uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm MyMac. David Cohen is. David B. Cohen. And Guy Searle is. Mac Parrot. So follow us on Twitter. And, uh, we post a lot of things up there. I am on Facebook as well. If you want to be a Facebook buddy, it's facebook.com slash MyMac. I'm oh, surprised I got man. that, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised when I get MyMac for these new services as a username. Because to me, it just seems like you know a very common five-letter name that someone else has probably got already. But I keep getting it, so I'm happy. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. And we want to once again thank our sponsors, Otherworld Computing and Stuff It Deluxe 2010. Uh, be sure to come out and uh, listen to our show next week for show 268. And uh, hopefully we hadn't got trampled to death in any uh, Black Friday sales there, Guy. Yeah. Uh, real mm -hmm. quick, uh, when, you know, if, 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 if we're still on a week-to-week -week schedule, when will show 300 be coming up? Um, right around the same time, we're pretty close to Macworld Expo. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to pull out a calendar and, and count with my hands and toes, and I could probably figure it out. But, you know, we, we passed the 250 mark without much of a celebration. I don't know if we're going to stop and and do something fun for the 300th episode or not. Which reminds me, if and I put this out there last time, if anybody listening wants to put together a Best of the MyMac podcast... Uh, you're more than free to do so, and if you do, we'll give you a whole lot of credit and um, talk about it on the podcast here, and I'll release the podcast as the best of. I'd, that would be really cool. I would do it myself, but uh, 
I I can't pick the best. I mean, I'm I was part of it. You know what I mean? I just can't do it. So if anybody out there is in up for it, we have a complete listing of all of our podcasts going back to the very beginning. I would suggest not listening to those because they're horrible. Just go up to <laughs> mymac.com slash podcast, and there's a list of all of our podcasts, including the mini podcasts that uh, David and Guy used to be participating in. Yep. And uh, everything is there. I wonder how many hours altogether the MyMac podcast equal to at this point. Oh, I, I, I think David. I think David actually figured it out one time, and it was up to like over, a, I think, a week, solid, yeah, you know, twenty-four hours a day. It's a lot of content, certainly, wow. and uh, you'd have to be pretty committed to go back and listen to it. All. No, I think you would or be committed. Be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marion, I want to thank you for being on the show this week. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me. And uh, David, Guy, appreciate you guys being here and uh, making me look even better than you know I would be on my own because I wouldn't be. I'd be horrible. Without you guys, the show just would suck. It really would. Aww. Well, at least you, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm used to that. So with that, we're going to wrap up, invite you to listen to our other shows and uh, subscribe. And be sure to go up to iTunes and review the podcast we'd appreciate it and we'll see you in a week and thank you for downloading and listening to the mymac.com podcast 